to On The Couch with James Field and Ian Harris. It's episode 125 for the 31st of December 2009. Hey there, James. How's it going? Not too bad, Ian. It's been a while since we've sat on the couch. Couch? Couch? Whatever. (laughs) One of those, anyway. Yes, it has. And uh, we're uh, just cranking one out before the end of the year. So uh, it's a a bit of a good chance to look back and see what's happened and try and predict what's going to happen in the next year. And bags of news because we've been uh, we've we've skipped we've a week due it. to the festive period. Absolutely. But there we go. So hopefully, well, you, whether you've got a hangover or uh, just woken up bright-eyed and bushy-tailed in the new year, um, hope you've got something to listen to. So we'll be talking about the normal mix of news: business news, technology news, um, content delivery, and uh, some mobile uh, uh, mobile news, gaming news, and. Uh, Anything else that kind of takes our fancy. Yeah, and you can always follow us on Twitter, uh, on the Couch Podcast, uh, or even you can see if you can find what Ian's latest weight is. Yeah, uh, see what my scales that. are saying about me. We are both losing weight. There we go. <laughs> um, Which is a good direction. Exactly. Uh, okay, so kicking off, paying for news. Now, mm. this is uh, there's been quite a lot of talk this year about certainly major media moguls talking yep. about how you know there's no longer a free lunch for all these search engine types uh, and people are going to have to start paying for news and basically in the UK um, the Guardian newspaper which is one of the broadsheet dailies mm-hmm. um, kicked out an iPhone app which is chargeable £2.39 which is about what $3.99 I suppose something like that yep. um, probably not available in the US I don't know um, and that gives you access to news, I guess. Now, how is this different from looking up the uh, mobile Guardian website? Pass. That you can presumably do for free. You can presumably do that for free, but maybe they've... It doesn't say whether they've ditched the mobile website or not. Maybe they've just no, decided... I think they've kept it around. Uh, and then the article says, half the visitors to the Guardian's dedicated mobile site, which is m.guardian.co.uk, mm-hmm. do so via Apple's handsets. Oh, right. uh, so, so maybe it just gives a better experience or yeah. um, they just figure, well, we should try and get some cash out of this. I think they sold um, several thousands, but I don't think they sort of obviously didn't cover the... They may mm. have cu- covered the loss in subscription to the newspaper if that was the case. So we've got to look at the whether they covered the cost of developing the app or not. Who knows? But um, well, would, you, would you buy an app like that, James? Uh, historically, no. No. <laughs> But I might do if I was into the Guardian and I wasn't in the UK, say. That's true. Uh, and I didn't have access to the actual newspaper, but then I could look at the website. So, yeah, yeah. I guess. Uh, I mean, it depends how much you value having uh, mobile news versus just news mm. on your. On but your I did laptop. see when I was in Japan this year, people would download. There's lots and lots of newspapers there, but there they made it was free to download kind of PDF copies of um, newspapers, but oh, they're wow. only about seven or eight pages. Right. And the iPhone's actually quite a good thing to read a you know with the pinching effect mm. to read bits of newspaper because you can just quickly drag through it and see what's on well, so people would cool. do that but you just that's more of an offline thing yeah. um but i can imagine you know, having something like that delivered to a, a tablet device which we might see next year um Indeed. that could happen so. very cool so well it'll be interesting to see how that pans out for mm. uh all the news organizations that are trying to get trying to create more value from the news that they've been pretty much giving out for free on the, on the web. Indeed. Seeing major decline in newspapers all across the US. 
uh, and even in, in London here, there was two uh, free newspapers given out at the end of each day at uh, tube stations and so on. Both of those have now been closed and... Uh, but and both of them gone now, I know. Both I mean, of them gone. And the pay newspaper's gone free anyway. Right? Yeah, it's and the, the, uh, the remaining pay newspaper, the Evening Standard, is now free, so it's kind of supplanted. Uh, but it's put it out of business, the Metro and the London paper. Uh, the okay. Metro's in the morning, so that's still around. Okay, so uh, there's still, the there are still the two free papers, but there's just no free daily London paper. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there's no competition there anymore. Mm. Uh, so speaking of... Uh, Revolutions in the uh, mm. way we read things. Uh, I was reading an interesting article about the Kindle. It's, yeah. uh, the e-reader hardware from Amazon. Yeah, and you've still got your Sony e-reader. Do you, have you I dug it out recently? Or? I, I did read a book on it recently, but... Um, uh, yeah. No. The, book, <laughs> yeah, no. the books are actually more expensive than uh, on, on the e-reader than actually going buying a physical book. Which, which is nuts, isn't it? It's insane because you don't have that distribution cost. You don't have the retail margin. Mm. You don't have to physically cut down trees and put bits of ink on it. I don't. Really that is a bit weird. That. I mean, I guess it's the same thing was kind of almost the, almost the case in uh, digital music as well. So I, I guess that's going to mm. change. Um, I think it has to because otherwise, um, someone at some point is going to come along and, and just uh, clean the floor mm. with. Uh, and that's the bad news about maybe Amazon, who's got such a grip on selling books anyway. Yeah. And even, you know, the other, it's the bookstores which are doing this. So it's not in their interest to undermine their own market. And obviously there's a big established mm. culture of the business about how publishers work today and, you know, these kinds yeah, of things. that's so, very true. So I'm, I'm uh, interested in seeing how the Barnes & Noble uh, Nook product goes when, uh, mm-hmm. I think the pre-orders went out before Christmas, but a lot of them didn't make it to Christmas. So uh, the next mm-hmm. uh, next few months will be interesting to see how that goes. But uh, mm. What was interesting about the Kindle is that it broke its own sales records uh, for Amazon, where it actually sold more ebooks uh, on Amazon than physical books. Really? On Christmas Day, which uh, well, that's people unwrapping <laughs> and buying a book, isn't it? Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's interesting stuff, and I think there's some new technology coming through. Um, I saw a company uh, had some releases called Pixel Chi, which is coming with better displays, so they could do basically full color mm. displays. Uh, and reflective, um, but in a, a, a different form factor, so like a netbook style form factor, but the battery life was mm-hmm. about double existing netbook battery life. All oh, right, wow. Um, which gives you, you know, quite a long, like almost 24 hour uh, for some of the better books. Wow, that's um, fantastic. But that's just, you know, just innovative display uh, and they should be coming out this year. Um, mm-hmm. So... You know, we'll look to see how people like Pixel Chi clean up, and that should be low, you know, same price point. So it shouldn't cost any more, but be able to do moving video, HD video, uh, color, and black and white all on the same screen. So I guess mm. it's the same. It's the same team that put together the OLPC screen. Ah, oh, I see. Um, right. But they've done it on a sort of a not quite the same budget. But they see what they can do. Excellent. So that's good stuff. Um, AT and T. What's going on there? They've made a, a request to the FCC to start uh, basically deregulating the landline market. Uh, and they, their argument is that basically 20% of Americans don't rely on landlines for anything anymore. Uh, and it's only going to increase uh, where, and everyone's going to rely on mobile devices instead. And so having this whole landline thing and having to have payphones available to people is just a bit silly these days when everyone has a mobile. I mean, can you can you actually remember the last time you used a payphone, James? I can't. I must admit, Ian. Yep. 
Um, I mean, I is this the, really payphones, or is this about you know there is a kind of notion where there is a tax on every single landline to make sure that everybody can get a landline? Yeah, so I think it's a bit of both. Um, mm. uh, I mean, obviously, putting the infrastructure in place to provide landline services mm. to everybody is um, is still quite expensive. It's a physical bit of cable. Well, I mean, I think maybe when WiMAX, I mean, the internet connection is probably more important now. So you t- typically, yeah. if you don't have cable, you're going to need a bit of copper coming to your home today until the LTE kind of WiMAX stuff mm-hmm. comes out. Um, we're going to see. So maybe that's just AT&T recognize it costs a lot of money to roll out. Yep. Um, that being said, uh, for a lot of people, landlines are still important. And uh, one of the advantages of, of telephone landlines is they actually provide power to power yes. uh, a handset as well. Uh, not for cordless phones, obviously, but... Uh, Mm, it's lifeline services, isn't it? That's yeah, you can still plug a phone mm. in and use it during a blackout, which is not the case uh, for any other any other kind of device that you would. Well, a mobile phone typically they have battery back backup as well. So true. Um, so true. as long as they're charged, but yeah, <laughs> interesting. Anyway, interesting. Um, technology stuff. Um, yeah, this is your article, James, about smart. Yeah, what's um, a smart skin? You know, everyone says it's like a boyhood dream and I think we've talked about other stuff about the, you know, the, the invisibility cloak and all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. which is essentially getting um, surfaces to change colour in response to the environment so okay. those clever guys at Philips Research have come up with a, um, a kind of a see through it looks a bit like I mean let's face it I think it's an LCD screen basically right but which can like which you- can be programmed to change colour okay. and can go from fully opaque to fully transparent and, and can change colours as well. That's nice. I mean, Philips have that uh, Ambilight technology for basically lighting up the rest of the room the same colours as what's on your TV screen. Yeah, but that's actually physical lights. This seems to be it's a skin which with some OLED technology which can oh, be either transparent or can be coloured. So, obviously, uh, I think there's a few pictures in the show notes. Um, the pixels look fairly chunky. Um but it does seem to kind of work. You can go from fully transparent to fully cool. different colors. So, would you use this um, on a mobile phone, for example? What where would you use? I this? think that's the idea that you could mm-hmm. you could have a device that could change color based on mood or cut or tone or something mm-hmm. like that. So, whether you know if your phone was ringing, maybe it would change color rather than vibrate or flash yeah. a light. Although that's cool. It's cool, but a bit geeky. I, think, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You have different colours depending on you know, who's or, calling. Or starts glowing red when the batteries get low, which makes it get even lower. You know, that's the uh, that's, that's the way true. it is. Although it's funny, funny uh, that uh, now I've had a BlackBerry for a little while. It's uh, it's quite amusing how used to the the kind of red flashing light that uh, you've got messages. Yeah, it's just always on, isn't it? Yeah, you see the flashing green letting you know all's good, but uh, there's nothing waiting for you where it flashes red. Yeah, I mean, I did see in the BlackBerry App Store, you can get some, you can pay like $4 for some app, which (laughs) makes the light flash all manner of different colours. All right, there you go. Depending on, you know, you can program it basically for whether you've got email or whatever. Yeah, cool. Uh, you could probably, even if you're a Morse code addict, get it to read them out to your Morse code (laughs) over the light. (laughs) That would be cool. Um... (laughs) So, other news, 3D. We had a little chat uh, before we came on about 3D movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Looks now like the uh, Blu-ray Disc Association has finalised their spec for Blu-ray 3D, which is... Uh, yeah, which is good news. Good news. Um, and, uh, and exactly. they, they've used a very sensible format, uh, and that's using the multi-view video coding standard that's mm. part of H.264. So, that means you actually, you actually broadcast or record, rather, a, 
a 2D right. image, the normal display, mm-hmm. and then essentially the differences between that and uh, the other, what the other eye would see. So it means that you only use about 50% more data for effectively uh, two, two screens of the same resolution. Yeah, so you can squeeze it on a standard Blu-ray, pretty much. Yeah, nice. Um, so I guess you get 10, 1080p full-length movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess you're going to need the shutter glasses, I'm guessing. Yep. But, uh, uh, I mean, you, yeah, you're either going to need that or or the uh, polarizing version, depending on what your display technology is. But then I guess it's simply up to these guys to work out a standard for getting this uh, data format across HDMI mm. and then into your television. Uh, and then we're all going to be ready for 3D. Yeah, well, I mean, I think this is the other thing. It's not really clear. I mean, if you do 1080p 60, you can do 30 frames per second, mm-hmm. then you're okay. Alternate eyes. Yeah, I see. So, nice. um, and you, I mean, you've seen uh, uh, my brother-in-law took his kids to go and see um, uh, Avatar. No, Bolt actually. Oh right! And it was the first movie they've ever seen because they're quite young. Uh huh. And so for them, and it was in 3D. Wow. All movies are in 3D. They've never seen one that uh, isn't. <laughs> Excellent. Isn't that a thought? <laughs> yeah, that is interesting. So, all, you know, there's a whole generation of kids who are growing up yeah. probably the, you know, with they all think these 3D, all this just, 3D content. They'll go to another movie and go, oh, this is a bit boring. Yeah, how what, come it's what? not, you know. Yeah, like, well, where are my glasses, yeah. you know? <laughs> um, which I think is interesting. Uh, Avatar's obviously broken all the records and things. Um, I don't know. I haven't seen it myself. What's your impression of that? Did you think it was worth the? Did you have to pay extra bucks to see it? Uh, I mean, yeah, I actually had to buy uh, a pair of glasses at ADP. Oh yeah. Presumably, I can reuse next time I go to the cinema. But um, the cardboard jobs, or no, no, they're proper plastic jobs. <laughs> proper. <laughs> they're not much Austin, more than Austin cardboard. Powers parties. Here you come. <laughs> uh, I think if I wore these out anywhere, I'd get uh, yeah arrested by the fashion police. Um, <laughs> The actual Nothing movie itself there, is, is quite interesting. It's, uh, I mean, ignoring the storyline or the, you know, anything else, the actual visuals that they've created are quite amazing. Mm. Um, the 3D effect is does make it more immersive, but it doesn't... I don't think it adds anything particular to the story or to, to the film generally, but it does kind of draw you cheesies, in and make you feel there, like you're more part of know, it. Cheesy effects or anything, you know, things poking out? Uh, Did you duck there, or dive? There wasn't dive? actually too much of that. There was actually most, it was mostly used as part of... I mean, as a as I'm interested in technology, I was kind of taking the glasses off and checking to see which <laughs> scenes were actually uh, in 3D. And, which, and was it all 3D? I mean, it wasn't all 3D. This is the trick. Some of it was and some of it wasn't, which I think uh, it gives you some idea that they're actually trying to use it as um, to enhance scenes where it would make a difference mm. and not to bother with, with scenes where it would actually just uh, distract you from what's actually going on. You didn't get a headache or any of this kind of stuff? No, no, it was perfectly fine, mm-hmm. but... Uh, mm-hmm. The actual visual world that they've created, I mean, even even ignoring the 3D effects, the actual computer generation of this mm. planet, and uh, it's totally believable. It's it's quite amazing. Yeah. We're at a point where the effects are real now, so definitely Excellent. worth having a look. Yeah, I shall uh, hopefully catch up with that uh, next week in uh, CES, maybe. It might be a good evening. Fantastic. I should try and book it online now. Um, <laughs> next story we've got here is about a... I got this from, I think it's an Indian one laptop child thing, or it's Chinese, Chinese processor, mm-hmm. uh, a non-cooled uh, company called Cherry Pal, um, yeah, have launched a netbook computer priced at $99. Which is quite amazing. I actually went to their, their website because uh-huh. uh, there's been a, bit, a few uh, a few articles Spoofs, about Cherry Pal over yeah. the last year or so saying, yeah, we've got this thing coming, and then it wasn't coming, and then... Mm-hmm. Uh, but. Uh, 
you can actually buy this netbook now for ninety nine dollars. That is amazing. Now this is an astonishing price point, given that it has a screen, it has a processor, it has uh, two gigs of flash. Yeah, it has a Wi Fi connection. Um, these things cost money and to actually cram it into something and, and bring it to a $99 retail price is quite amazing. Could you buy it? I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen one. I mean, it, even on the website, it does say it's slow but adequate. Um, I think I'm, you know, I'm comfortable having a bit more than just adequate. Kind well, of I guess like an iPhone. <laughs> other than this, it's like an iPhone with a bigger screen. Yeah. I mean, it's only... And a keyboard. <laughs> the resolution is actually not much bigger than an iPhone, believe it or not. It's 800 by 400. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it's got a 400 megahertz clock, uh, which is, you know, enough to probably render yeah. a web page. No, I mean, I'd like to have a, a see a review of it. I mean, if anyone's mm. got one, do let us know. Feedback at onthecouchpodcast.com. Great. Um, I mean, at the very least, it's a very cheap little uh, Linux box to do whatever your bidding might be. Exactly. I mean, I think it's... Uh, and it obviously bodes well for the ability for people to produce other, you know, with better screen technology, um, lower battery power. Absolutely. Know, I think the, the world is preglet, pregnant for the tablet, for sure. <laughs> I think it definitely is. Which I think is, you know, coming at some point. Um, so that's cool. Now, it's not all about hardware, though, is it? There's some new um, content delivery services sort of allegedly in the mm. offing. Now, uh you know Skype's founders who had a crack at Juiced. Juiced has uh, yeah. gone down in the ball of flames. Um, but they're not giving up that easily. They're having a look at uh, a service they're calling RDIO. R-D-I-O. Mm. Like radio with no A. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, that's how I'm pronouncing it. I don't know how to pronounce it because... Uh, radio. They're kind of operating in stealth mode at the moment. Yeah, and they're aiming to kick Spotify and Pandora uh, off the top slot for web-delivered yep. radio, I guess, or yep. web-delivered web music. Um, um, they've said we've we've been watching the ad supported music business come and go, uh, or watching many ad supported music businesses come and go. We felt the time was right to revisit this space this time with a compelling offering and sustainable subscription model. Hmm. So I don't know. I think if uh, if iTunes had a subscription model, I'd probably do that. It's um, always tough to sort of displace an incumbent. I mean, the, the old adage is that you've got to be you know at least twice as good to get people to say I'm not going to use Spotify anymore. Yeah, because once you're in there, you're in there. Yeah. Um, so a lot of catch-ups to do. Maybe there's some amazing secret sauce, but uh, they're on private beta right now. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to watch and see what happens there. Um, maybe their cost of operations is lower. Um, obviously, the Skype guys are famous for their peer-to-peer kind of stuff. Yeah, maybe it's... Yeah, um, I mean, they've got to have something different to uh, Spotify or, or Pandora to actually make it mm-hmm. make it worthwhile. And those services, you know, if you're in the right country, just work. So... Bit hard to bit hard to beat that one. Yeah, so I guess carry and yeah, carry your collection in your pocket, build unlimited playlists, search the entire catalogue mm-hmm. and notify when your collaborative playlists are updated. So I guess it's a bit of social radio kind of stuff. Yeah. Um so I guess it's leasing music, maybe. Yeah. Not not sure how popular that is. People really need to to own, really don't they, in my mind. I think you feel comfortable having having to having something you can keep and, and it's not gonna be taken away from you at some point. <clears throat> Indeedy. Um, mobile World. Um, now, this is an app that, uh, I don't know, James, have you, have you got this app? I don't have this. <laughs> <laughs> it's got it's to be one of those wacky apps. It's called Bullet Flight. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a, an iPhone app for snipers, I believe. <laughs> so, you're <laughs> Which, sitting there you know, in the 13-storey uh, building and you... 
popped your gun out and you well, need apparently to- it's in operational use in uh, Afghanistan Seriously? and there's this like iPhone mount <laughs> that sits next to your weapon of choice and you select the wow. weapon you're using and you select the ammunition type and then it'll download the uh, the weather conditions for wherever you are and you can and it tells you kind of how to to twiddle the knobs on your on your telescopic sight and stuff wow um which is you know there's an app for that how bizarre is that i mean i just uh, I can't imagine apple advertising that one particularly but that's still quite amazing yeah I mean, well i mean it's on the app store so yep you know they must have approved it it's a weird one yeah um so uh, another weird story again iphone related is today actually i got an email from um mm-hmm. the guys who did the iphone unlocking um oh yeah and i don't know if remember you you actually got me my iphone donkeys years ago from mm-hmm. the u.s and uh, i i out of my sort of exploration of how to unlock it i actually did actually part with some cash Mm. for an legitimate allegedly an le- a legitimate unlock and then i realized pretty soon on that in fact it was just a someone reselling a, f- a completely freely available set of tools right uh, and what's happened is the guy who the guys who invented the set of tools have hacked into the website of this i think it's iphone unlock uk.com or something right uh extracted all of the email database of all the, the customers oh no and then emailed them all to tell them these guys are a bunch of losers Oh, wow. uh, and basically, uh, if you're not, they have a 100% satisfaction guarantee thing, write to them, here's the address, and say you want your money back because they're fleecing you. <laughs> um, wow. Which I thought was quite innovative. And they said, we're just doing this because we think it's wrong, not because we're, you know. Mm. Um, so mm. I guess that's, that's weird. That's like um, wow. hackers hacking to defend their right to hack. <laughs> And, yeah, and, and doing and, it for and free. Just, and to stop people making money from it, yeah. which is interesting. Um, Amazing. I don't think anyone will get their money back, though. I've already tried that. Uh, right, um, gaming. Did you get any games for Christmas, Ian? No, I'm. Uh, uh, I'm thinking that the uh, the new Mario Brothers game for the Wii looks like a good one to mm-hmm. drag the old. And Wii you haven't out of invested cupboard. yourself in a, a flat screen TV before the uh, the tax rates go up. No, it wasn't wasn't kind of that kind of Christmas, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot CR. of the retailers are actually saying before the uh, they're actually trying to keep the VAT increases minimal or non-existent to try mm. and keep people interested well, in actually well, buying things. Yeah, otherwise I guess they'll have a big slump, which I guess is normal for January anyway. But uh, So it's a CRT Christmas for you. CRT Christmas um, for me. I had a bit of Wii action over Christmas, mm-hmm. but um, this is a, a new game. I don't know if it is a game or a fake, something called Wii War. Now this Aim- looks fantastic. I, I well, thought it was all a fake when you see this little kid taking a Wii well, remote a pre- and shoving like it a down the throat of a toy. <laughs> yeah, it's like a preschool <laughs> game, isn't it? Which essentially, you do get some quite fairly big plushy thing, which looks yeah. like a bee with a big mouth. Yep. Basically, you shove the remote contr- <laughs> your Wii remote down its throat, uh-huh. and then you sort of wiggle it about, and it yeah. does stuff on the screen. Which is, I mean, for a, for a toddler, that's a that's a great user interface. You just yeah, play just with your toy learn, and does if you, on the screen. If you get your little brother to swallow a remote control and bounce them up and down, you can have great games. <laughs> oh, no. That's so good work as well. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> so I don't know if that's true, but it, it is quite cool. It's certainly one up on Barney the Dinosaur, mm. I think. Not bad um, at all. And I guess it fits in with the kind of, maybe the iPad kind of thing. Mm. I, I did think about getting that just to use my camera on my PlayStation 3, but I haven't got around to doing that so if anyone's ever used an iPad is it as good as it says let us know um, 
Right, gadget-wise, I think my my gadget of the the year certainly has to be my scales, which I told you about and you bought them. You <laughs> yeah, fiend. they're great. But I got mine. I think they're great. And they are encouraging me to lose weight, for sure. I can, Indeed. And yeah. the, I mean, you, you actually just weigh yourself on these scales and then you can go and look at your history on your iPhone and does pretty graphs and, and uh, yeah. mine's trending downwards, which is a good sign. So, Which what? over the festive season is an accomplishment. <laughs> So. Well, that uh, running and cycling is is helping. So yes, it's not just about eating, folks. It's doing the exercise too. So, uh, and I think there are going to be quite a few attached devices like that coming out in the next decade. I think Indeed, we'll all be very surprised that anyone didn't have internet connected gadgets. Exactly. I think that's. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's the beginning of a trend where everything is connected to the net. Uh, mm. I was looking at a, an article on in a gadget about the uh, what they reckon is their top ten gadgets of the last decade. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're completely wrong about a lot of it. Um, for example, um, yeah, anyway, the, the Apple PowerBook G4 didn't really do it for me, but um, or even XP. But uh, I think they're right about the the iPod being a, a defining yes, yeah. change in the last 10 and years. And what that evolved into, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we've seen, uh, obviously, the iPhone itself in 2007. Uh, mm. the, net, the whole concept of netbooks... Uh, which was uh, I don't know if Asus uh, invented it with a with a definite you know with the, the idea in mind or they just kind of stumbled ac- across a market that well they had oversupply inventory there. of stuff and needed to get shot of loads of components that's yeah the, exactly but it certainly seemed to work and mm. and uh, I think it's definitely one of the one of the things that's changed the way we do things and the other one although they mentioned a particular product I think is uh, dig- digital photography in the last ten years has gone from. Something yeah, that's um, uh, a, an expensive toy to everything is now digital. Yeah, killed film. Film is pretty Indeed, much dead. dead. Although, you know, Polaroid's kind of come back or Polaroid in other incarnations has come back. So it's not completely yep. dead. But, um, uh, interesting. And uh, what do you reckon about the next year, James? What are your predictions for what we'll see in terms of broadcast and entertainment technology? Well, I think certainly we're going to see... Um, more net netbook come um, portable media player mm-hmm. devices um has mentioned that like people like pixel chi they claim to have a you know they'll cut the power required for hd tv mm. to like one tenth of what it is today Amazing. so potentially you could have an hd tv you know watch an entire movie in the in a sort of netbook size format no problems um memory is going to go on a pace I think mm-hmm. connected, every, as you say, everything's going to get connected in some yep. way. I think um, one of the other changes we've seen in the last 10 years is um, the price for mobile data has gone from enormous mm. to essentially free with you know, WisperNet and, and flat rate plans. That's true. So that's going to really, and that's literally only happened in the last year in most parts yeah. of the world. So that's really going to, I think, revolutionize the fact that the mobile networks, although some of them are stumbling to cope with the amount of data usage, <laughs> and that's just with a couple of popular mobile platforms. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, just little connected devices that send little bits of information, I think it'll be really useful. <laughs> and I'll be at CES, so... Yeah, um, interesting to see what the themes are there. Although I will be fairly locked up, I must admit, at CES, <laughs> but hopefully I'll, uh, you know, anyone who does find the next big thing, I'm sure it'll be out there on the blogosphere or Twitter. Definitely. Um, and we'll see what happens. Um, so I, I think it's going to be a very exciting and connected mm. next decade. Mm. Um, we'll be surprised that you know, everything wasn't always connected. I think they're going to need to be some revolutions in power consumption, though, as well. So people you know, don't have to get plugged in so much, whether that's going to be energy harvesting, solar, or just simply better batteries. Definitely. So, and uh, a lot of the, the nanotechnologies we've been talking about over the last few years 
will hopefully come to fruition and that'll result in better batteries, lower power consumption, um, smaller mm. devices. Uh, and that, that's interesting because I think uh, a lot of the chatter I've been seeing is that uh, the the device of the future is not so much the PC or the, the laptop, but uh, the mobile computing device. Indeed. Yeah. And I think, you know, we, what we haven't seen is maybe foldable displays. Mm. There was a little bit of talk about that last year, some demos, but having the ability to have that laptop replacement experience in a foldable display in a, in a small form factor that can, you know, the, mm. the origami device that just mm-hmm. flips out. Um, we haven't seen much in the way of sort of voice recognition. We've had touch as well. Touch navigation has come in. Mm-hmm. I think we'll see more combinations of gestures, touch, voice. Um, no, I think it's good. It's going to be very exciting. It's going to be a very exciting time. Mm. Well, it's been great having you on the couch for episode 125, and we really look forward to talking to you again in 2010. Indeed. And it's goodbye from me, James, and have a fantastic uh, 2010. And goodbye from me, and cheers. Bye.